My strength and conditioning coach was really nice and she helped me learn how to do everything. And I just loved learning. I loved learning how to lift, learning how to do hand cleans and all these different Olympic lifts. And, and I really bought into the process like that, that it helps you on the court. And for me, it was never just about basketball. Like I always knew you needed to, to be in shape, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I really bought into the strength and conditioning side of, of it all. Another season in the books, the podcast featuring European professional athletes who pursue their university degrees at home or in the United States. We'll talk about the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons. We'll hear from each athlete as they talk about their journey through academics and athletics. I'll also be talking to coaches and getting their opinion on the subject as well. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 11-year veteran in Spain's professional basketball leagues, Liga Femenina 2 and La Liga Endesa. Let's get to it. Sune Swart was born in South Africa. She grew up playing cricket, rugby, judo, tennis, and netball. Her school patio didn't have basketball hoops, and she had never seen anyone even dribbling a basketball. When Sue was in the fifth grade, her family made a move that would take them from South Africa all the way to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Cricket, rugby, and netball ceased to exist, and in their place stood a basketball hoop. Sue began to play because her younger brother picked up the sport, but Sue didn't really enjoy it, so she stopped playing basketball and immersed herself in the school's theater program, winning the title of Super Trooper after participating in six school plays. After completing the ninth grade, Sue's family made another move, this time to a small town in Pennsylvania. After seeing the six-foot-two new girl, the basketball coach made no hesitation in talking with Sue and convincing her to play on their team. Giving basketball a second chance turned out to be a great decision. Sue was a fast learner and had the desire to improve. After just three years of organized ball, she accepted a full ride to play Division I basketball at Bucknell University. Four years after that, she was signing her first professional contract to play overseas in a town called Logroño, located in Spain. And that's when she walked through my front door. My first question that I want to ask you is, do you have, your, do you have a first memory uh, of, of sports in general, like when you were little? Uh, first memory... Yeah. Um, I think my, my mom and my, my, yeah, I think my mom put me into like gym kids, which is like gymnastics. So that was like my favorite thing as a kid. And that eventually that turned into ballet and I did not want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So I switched to judo. Do you know what judo is? Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because so many people that I've interviewed have either done some form of karate or judo. Um, And I never did any of that as a kid. I did do ballet for one year and that was the end of that. But I never, I never did any sort of martial arts. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I was an aggressive kid and I just (laughs) thought it was cool. I thought it was cool to like fight. So uh-huh. My brother was in it, so I kind of just joined. Yeah, and then I kept doing it once my even after my brother quit. So, okay, how far did you get? 
Um, I did it from, I think it was first through fourth, no, fifth grade or second through fifth grade or something. And third through fifth grade, I made it to the national championships and I won every year. Wow. My age and weight group. Was that like, are there different belts in judo? Yeah. Oh, right. So you start with white and then then it's yellow and then it's orange and then it's green and i think i got to green or blue by the time i left south africa wow you're big time national champ of south africa in judo (laughs) yeah watch out (laughs) that's intense um yeah i've had teammates talk to me about their sensei and Mm -hmm. like the different names for everything i mean Right, yeah. Interesting. Uh, I remember how to count in Japanese. Let's hear it. Ichi ni san chi go ruku sichi hachikuju. That's wow. just Yeah. So you speak English, Japanese, and no. Afrikaans. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> um So did you did you start playing basketball at all when you were living in South Africa? No. I I didn't I didn't even know about it, really. Really? So in school, like in school, I don't know, your school patio, your recess area, were there not even baskets? No, no. We had netball hoops. Okay. Yeah. I heard you talked about those before. Yeah, like Um, in England, but... Yeah. So So the girls in South Africa usually play netball, and the boys, they'll play rugby, cricket, um... I wanted to play rugby and cricket, but I wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to? No. Um, and then everyone had to do track and field, so I did that. Um, I was like a sprinter, thrower, jumper. Uh-huh. And then... Jumper doesn't surprise tennis. me. Everyone's allowed to do tennis, too. So I did tennis. And I actually enjoyed individual sports a lot as a kid, because I liked... Like, no one could ever be mad at me right so it's just like me it's my responsibility mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I like judo and tennis and track and field so yeah. I mean I guess I guess it makes sense in the U.S. there weren't at least in Minnesota there weren't women's football teams um, yeah. but then there are rugby teams for women and cricket mm-hmm. is not something that we practice in the U.S. so um, but that surprises me that cricket was only for boys because it's not yeah, a contact sport, it's right? A cultural thing. Yeah, but um, like we weren't general. It wasn't normal for girls to play. Um, a, me and another girl in my grade actually did join the team because <laughs> we wanted to, and we thought it'd be fun. Um, I never actually played though in a match because my my one match got rained out, so <laughs> <laughs> so I never got wah, to play. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, It wasn't normal, but you could still join if you wanted to. Did your brother play? Yeah, my brother was really good. Um, He was kind of a little protege. I don't know what you call him. (laughs) But, like, he, my dad always worked with him. So he was a good bowler and the best batsman. So he was really good at cricket. And then he did rugby, too. And he was naturally good at that as well. But, yeah. Man, I bet as an older sister, that must have just ticked you off that your little yeah. brother was able to play these sports that you wanted to play and they wouldn't yeah. let you. I would have been so mad. Oh, yeah, I was. 
I was very like I always I always like played with my brother in the yard like we'd play rugby or stuff you know together and then he'd go to actual practice and but I I think what helped was was me having judo so that that came became my thing uh-huh um yeah well and I bet you were in the beginning you were bigger than your brother was yeah I was so I beat up on him <laughs> <laughs> He can tell you all about that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, it's just so, like, I I mean, I know a little bit more about South Africa thanks to you and uh, mm-hmm. thanks to the book that you recommended me to read, Life a Crime, or Born a Crime. Um, but I'm trying to imagine, like, what your neighborhood looked like, what your school looked like. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine a world without basketball, you know? Mm-hmm. I just... And you were a little kid and you didn't, you only knew what you knew. You didn't know anything really outside of that, but your parents, um, were they, were they athletes when they were younger? Did they have any sort of like, I don't know, sport mentality? Yeah. So my mom, she was really fast. She was a track and field runner. She's a runner Mm -hmm. and she also played netball. She, she actually played netball like all the way until my brother and I were like nine and seven like okay. very late she was playing still so you were, do you remember watching her mm-hmm. yeah we would, cool. we would go with her and we would be messing around with other kids on the side but <laughs> I yeah. remember her playing and stuff but it was like um, a hobby it wasn't like a paid professional thing it was just something that she did in her free time that she enjoyed doing right yeah it was like a, a club um that, that you joined and she didn't get paid she just did it for fun right yeah and my dad was he played rugby and cricket growing up, of course, like all the boys did. <laughs> so huh. it's it's kind of a it's it's almost part of the South African culture. Everyone does sports growing up, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and my dad, he he was actually a referee when we were little, so he was a rugby ref for like provincial teams and stuff. Okay. Well, I did look up online, and I do believe you have a national like basketball team, women's national team, South mm-hmm. African but they've never really done that great as far as in like competitions. Yeah. So yeah, they haven't been doing that well. And when I did go back to South Africa in 2017, I wanted to, you know, find more, find out more about the South African basketball world. Cause I was there for a while and I needed to, needed to practice. Mm-hmm. And the coach that I actually got in contact with, um, and I, I played for him a little bit. Um, at the club team near where I live. Um, he actually happened to be the South African national team coach a while back. And I asked him, like, if they still have a team. And he said no, because they don't have a coach. So, like, I don't know how, you know, how far along they are and how many coaches they have and stuff. It's just a really young sport still. So still has some growing to do. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense mm-hmm. if it's, you know, it just hasn't been a part of their culture for so right. long that to get yeah. it started and get it going. It's just um, not a culture yet. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then um, you grew up in South Africa and I remember we had this conversation a couple of years ago, but like you at one point kind of tracked your roots, like your family, your grandparents, your great grandparents all from South mm-hmm. Africa. But originally, I don't know how many hundreds of years ago they came mm-hmm. from the Northern countries, right? Yes, yeah, so I tracked my dad's side. So my in the 1700s, 
I think the year 1700 or 01 or something, um, my dad's ancestor came from the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah. So cool. That's where the Swartz Swartz are from. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. All right. So then, how old were you when you guys moved to the states? I was 11. So I was in fifth grade. Okay. 2006. Yeah. And uh, do you remember even like what was going through your mind? Did you understand yeah. what was happening? I remember. Um, I was really excited because the only thing I associated with America was like Disney World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like picturing like Mickey Mouse is like going to be, you know, <laughs> somewhere near. You know? <laughs> and I was just excited because all the movies you watch as a kid is also like takes place in America or most of them. So I was excited to, you know, go to a school with like the lockers and the hallways and like riding the yellow school bus and like simple things like that. So. Oh my goodness. Any movie in particular that you remember watching? Oh man. I mean, I mean, all the movies just always had that in them. I just, I can't remember a specific one right now. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the Disney movies, of course. But yeah, then... Disney movies, and then just like we always watched Cartoon Network growing up, so like uh, that's obviously, but it's still like has the Rugrats culture, and Edit and Eddie, and just like stuff like that. The Simpsons. <laughs> Did you watch The Simpsons? Or maybe uh, that was too advanced for a fifth grader. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really watch that until I moved to the states. I think. Okay, so you guys went directly from South Africa to. Minnesota was that your first stop Mm -hmm. yeah Minnesota Twin Cities yeah yeah (laughs) 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 I mean I will never forget the day that I get this new roommate in Logroño and it's like nine o'clock at night or I don't even know what time it was when you knocked on the door and I opened the door and was greeted with this like tall smiley sandy blonde haired girl and I'm like hello and and we start talking and we were just literally standing in the in the entrance like in the hallway I don't even think we had sat down yet and it was like you told me that you moved from South Africa to Minnesota and my jaw like hit the floor I was like what (laughs) like where (laughs) yeah like where in Minnesota and you guys were living in do you remember the the city uh like Lauderdale yeah, or Rosedale or Roseville? Oh, we went to Roseville's area schools, yeah, Roseville. Yeah, so you were pretty close to the University of Minnesota campus, and it was like, mm-hmm. holy cow, I was probably in college, in class, and you were like yeah. right down the street. Yeah, I should have been going to women's basketball <laughs> games. What was I doing? I'm mad at oh my gosh, can you imagine if you would have come to a game and we would have oh taken a picture together or something? That would be wild. Or like just... Yeah, just even seeing you play and then meeting you years later. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I think I watched you play. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Well, and then like further into our conversation, I find out that you're born May 12th. Yeah. <laughs> which is my birthday. Obviously different years, but my birthday. Crazy. Too, too much. Like, weird. Yes. Um, okay, so you moved to the States. You're living in Minnesota. Um of course, I'm assuming at the school that you were at, they had basketball. Yeah. So actually in sixth grade, I I was still going to Brim Hall Elementary. (laughs) I don't know if you know 
what that is. But um, in sixth grade, I, I wanted to try it because I knew there were girls teams and my brother was playing, obviously. So it was kind of just like seeing what, what sports he was going into. And I stopped doing judo because it wasn't as fun because I really missed my sensei from home. Uh. So I stopped doing that. And I tried basketball as a sixth grader and I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, I think it was just, I don't know, it must have been the team aspect of it. or And I really didn't know the rules. It wasn't <laughs> good. I didn't know how to dribble. I thought it was like really hard. Didn't know when to shoot the ball. <laughs> it's just like awkward. Like I would be playing and I get the ball and I would just look around and wait for someone to tell me what to do. And they'd be like, shoot it. And I'm like, no. It was hard. Um, and so I stopped doing that. I tried it for a year and I stopped. And I usually don't even, I don't think many people know that um, because I always say are- I just started playing later, but. And you were yeah. tall. I mean, in sixth grade, I'm assuming you were tall. Yeah, I was always, like, one of the tallest girls in class. Um, I was the tallest girl in my grade. Once I moved to America, that changed. I, there were a lot more tall girls. When would you say you stopped growing? I think I stopped growing in, like, junior year of high school. Like oh, really? Of, yeah. Okay. And you, yeah, topped, so. you topped out at 6'2", six 6'3"? Six yeah, 6'2". Okay. Yeah. But I only really started that that big spurt onto um when I was a freshman in high school. So Huh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I really I really like I was always like the tall I was a tall big kid and I was a little chubby, but once I <laughs> <laughs> and like after freshman year of high school, I just really shot up and I got really skinny and long. And huh. so and that happened to be the same year that I moved. Um, so like in, in Roseville, it's a very big school, like a lot of kids and like, no one really pressured me to play, you know, sports or anything. Cause they had a lot, they had a lot of options there already. So I was, I kind of did theater. I was in the theater kid group and just did theater and I played some tennis and, you know, just stuff to keep me busy. And then once I moved to, um, small town, Pennsylvania, Western PA, they saw me right after my growth spurt and they were like, it, I mean, it's a small school. They, they, they were like, you're the tallest kid in the County. You know, you need to play basketball. <laughs> so they, that kind of got me into it was when people were kind of just pulling me in. Yeah. So you had literally stopped playing for like four years. Yeah. Like I never really actually played. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And before we move on, can we just go back real quick? Do you remember any of the plays that you were in <laughs> when you're talking about oh. theater? Oh, my. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you have like a lead uh, role or anything? Yeah. Well, eventually, yeah. It's something I <laughs> I get got better at, too. You know, I really liked I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I remember I was a lot of the plays they wrote themselves. So like they uh. are plays that you'd recognize but i do remember being in the music man mm-hmm. um oh, man i there was there was okay so in middle school you have seventh and eighth grade right and each year there's three plays you can do the fall um one the, the winter musical and the spring one okay so i did all six of them in those two years wow so they 
what they do is they put your name up on the wall because you're one of the super troopers that did all six plays. So that was like my star next to it in middle school was theater. I loved it. Wow. So were you like into singing? Did you sing and act? Did you play yeah. an instrument? Um, I didn't really play an instrument growing up. Like I always tried here and there, like piano when I was younger. And like in the States, I tried picking up like a band instrument and they only had French horn left. So that only lasted a year. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did choir throughout my whole school career since first like first through 12th grade I loved being in the choir and I joined morning choir in middle school so I did it extracurricularly as well so I just really liked singing and I think I've always enjoyed performing and being the center of attention when I was a little kid so I think that's what led me into trying theater um, which was nerve-wracking at first but then it just got really fun um, because the people who are in it are just really nice and like just a crazy group of people that are everyone's just equally weird so it's fun (laughs) yeah I remember going to the high school plays and loving them and thinking these people were so amazing and always wishing that like I could be a part of it but I never was because my life was so dedicated to sports that I didn't have time to like go to practice for theater very time consuming yeah both sports and theater so so then when you moved to Pennsylvania and these people are like, oh my gosh, we need you. What was going through your head? You were like, oh no, this sport again that I don't know how to dribble. I don't know how to shoot. (laughs) I was really scared. I, I remember we moved there in June. So it was the middle of summer and there was a camp going on, basketball camp going on in the school. And we were visiting the school just to see if we would even go to the school, like enroll. And the basketball coach saw me or the principal saw me in the, and went and got the basketball coach. And <laughs> she just had like a little meeting with me right then and there and was like, what position do you play? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I, just, I don't even know what positions there are. I looked, at my, I looked at my brother and he was like, post. <laughs> like, post? <laughs> and my brother was just like shaking his head. Yeah. Um, I was like, I can try because I'm just, I I mean, I would give it a try, you know, it's just nice. So (laughs) I'm probably going to hate it, but I'll try it. And then I went, I think I went to that camp actually, um, just to keep me busy, you know, moving in and stuff. And I think it's because the people that I met there and the friends I was making, it's what kept me going there, you know, it's like, they were super nice and like, they were teaching me things like how to make layups and shoot free throws. And I just enjoyed learning every day and there was no pressure, you know? So it was fun. Um, it was difficult, but it was fun. So what I did was I joined the soccer team. We had a co-ed soccer team at that school at that time. Oh, interesting. I did that just to get into shape for basketball. Cause I had this, like, I just knew I was not in basketball shape. Like what? I can't run. <laughs> So I joined soccer and that just like almost killed me, but it, it really did get me in shape. It, it was perfect. Yeah, oh my I, was, gosh, I was pretty dude. fast when I was done with that. <laughs> I love this story. It is like one of a kind. Oh my gosh. You're like so, crying. <laughs> I do. I have tears going down my face. Um, so you literally played what your junior year and your senior year? Sophomore, 
yeah, sorry, sophomore, junior, senior year. Yeah, oh, okay. so sophomore year I played JV, and I think I, I think I actually sat the bench for varsity. You know how they have like the two teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then junior year I I started varsity and senior year as well. Wow, you must have been you like picked it up really quickly because. Yeah, there are there are people that are practicing their whole lives to try to make varsity, and yeah, you, know, you just like show up with your lanky self, and you're like, okay. <laughs> that sounds so wrong, right? <laughs> but I think it also helped. It was a very small school, very like small area. It wasn't. I don't. The competition definitely wasn't what it was in Roseville. That makes sense. Like it wasn't a quad A school. It was a double A school. Do you remember um, how many people were in your graduating class? Eighty six or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah. yeah um so yeah I think that helped it was it was just I think I was a big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. um yeah and I didn't even join AAU until the summer after my junior year and that was just because I wanted to continue to get better because I saw that I had like potential and everyone it always it's always like about what people are also telling you all the time. So my coach was always encouraging me and saying, you have a lot of potential. Your learning curve is really good. You know, you, you have potential. And then as soon as they mentioned like college, you can go to college and, and for free and play basketball or because of basketball. Then I realized like, this is actually huge, you know? Yeah. So I, I didn't know that until they said it. So then I said, okay, I'm, I probably should join AAU. Um, it's going to make me better for my senior year, at least. And if not, like if I don't get exposure for college um, as well. So and then I happened to be seen for that. So was there, an, was there an, uh, like a good AAU team near the school or near your house? Because in such a small area. Yeah. So there was only like there was like two, actually. But um, there was one really good one for boys and girls. And so. Um, I was kind of recruited for that one. So I went to that one and my brother was in it as well. Hmm. And there was only eight of us, eight, eight girls. So we went to tournaments uh, around the area, um, Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, Philadelphia. Um, yeah. So. so do you remember when that first letter came or that first phone call or, and you were like, oh my gosh, this college yeah. coach, this college team is contacting me. Yeah, I remember getting a bunch of letters um, and coaches were calling. And I think I got a a D1 call. So once I got that, then I still gave the D2 like the chance, like chances Mm -hmm. and thought about it. But once I knew I could go Division One, I wanted to do that, you know. So Mm -hmm. um, that eliminated a lot of my (laughs) possibilities because I didn't get that many division one calls so that that made it easier actually for me to decide um and that's a whole other story too um i actually committed to go to like verbally committed to go to robert morris Mm -hmm. and then i just started hearing things about the coach like from other people that that know me and know the coach and like just they were just telling me it's not a good fit and i i didn't even know what verbally commit commitment means verbal commitment meant so like I just felt like I was taken advantage of and like of my like lack of knowledge of the process Mm -hmm. so I felt like I committed way too early 
And so I wanted to pull it back. And that's what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. So, and then I ended up going to Bucknell, obviously. What so, do you think yeah. your parents were thinking about all this? Like coming from South Africa, where basketball mm-hmm. didn't even exist, to then all of a sudden being in the States, and all of a sudden they see that their daughter is excelling in this sport that they know nothing about. Right. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, allowing her to potentially get a free college education. Like, what do you think was going through their minds and the whole recruiting process in general? Like it's complicated and confusing. Yeah. Um, I think it was just, I think it was very eye opening, especially for my dad. Um, cause he was always pushing us in sports and academics, like our whole lives and especially my brother in sports. And, um, once he saw like me excelling at basketball or both of us actually, but especially me, um, especially in women's basketball, he saw my potential as well. So, and then when he realized that what this could do for my education in the future and how much money it would save our yeah. family, I mean, you know, after moving across the whole world and he's, he was always a pastor and a student. So it's not like he was making like crazy money, you know? So this was, that's when he really started pushing me in that as well. Um, pushing me to do well. Um, and, but the right way, like he always reminded me like that it's a team sport and all, he always instilled like a very unselfish mindset and helped me with the talking to coaches and stuff. And he made sure the coaches always knew that I was a hard worker and stuff like that. So he always sold me very well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what he started doing yeah he's a pastor you know so he knows how to preach and right yeah that's a good yeah. point but so he wasn't he, he was telling me. the truth I mean I I agree yeah. with what you know yeah he's preaching preaching the truth <laughs> 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 yeah, no. no but so that's what happened and especially with how complicated the process is and how we don't know all the rules and things and so when I was second guessing my decision, especially he was, he was a huge part in, in getting me into, to go to Bucknell. Like he, apparently I only learned this years later, actually like my senior year in college, but my coach told me like how many, how many times my dad called him. Really? Yeah. And was just talking and saying, you know, like, like it was, it's a good, it's a good recruit. I don't know what he was saying to him. <laughs> He's saying that to, to basically recruit me, you know? Wow. So remind me what conference Bucknell is in. Patriot League. Okay. Yeah. Um, And it's division one, but it's very academically focused as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't even know that (laughs) (laughs) until I went, you know, until I got there and I realized, well, I remember visiting my, it wasn't an official visit. It was just a visit. Um, I didn't even know you could do an official visit, but um. I was visiting and I saw the campus and then I realized and I, you look around and you just see the type of students that are there and like what people look like. And, and I turned to the assistant coach and I said, I'm, I'm not sure I'll be able to get into this school. <laughs> <laughs> just by looking at what people were wearing, you were like, oh my gosh, they're super smart. <laughs> yeah. Like I was looking around, I was like, whoa, this looks like Harvard, you know? And then she looked at, she's just like, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about it. You're good. So yeah, I was like, okay. And then once I got there, you know, but I always took academics very seriously. So 
I figured it out. Like for freshman year, yeah, it was hard, but it's just an adjustment. And then just how, even in high school, like you realize how sports and just extracurricular activities in general, like actually help you to be focused when you do your work for school. So I don't know. I, I thought it was, once you get into your like rhythm, it's pretty easy Mm -hmm. (laughs) to just take care of your work. I mean, it's overwhelming at times, but, um, but coming, coming from a girl who never had a very like intense, um, high school basketball program or AAU program to all of a sudden then be playing division one college basketball. I cannot even imagine because where I come from, we were doing weights. We were doing workouts. I was like pretty ready for college and I knew what college was going to entail. Was that a huge adjustment your freshman year? Like, were you just, I mean, with the weights and the early morning workouts and the sprints and everything like mentally, how were you able to handle all that? Yeah. Uh, that was a huge adjustment too. Um, um, well, yeah, we didn't lift in high school and stuff, but I always thought it was, it was really cool or like, like I, I wanted to, um, I just didn't know how. So once, once I got to college, I loved it immediately because it felt legit. Like I felt like I was training, like I felt like a professional athlete uh-huh. <laughs> So and every thing that you're doing is planned out for you and you can see it on the piece of paper in front of you and the people who are giving you the work to do they're also teaching you how to do it so I loved working with the strength my strength and conditioning coach a lot um I was not in shape I was like the the slowest person on that team um at the beginning of the year at the beginning of my career um but I wanted to I wanted that to change because I was always the fastest where I came from. So I knew like, I, I knew I had a high ceiling also because that's coach kept telling me that um, at Bucknell as well. So that just kept pushing me to improve. And so I just, and it helps that the people are just super nice. Like my strength conditioning coach was really nice and she helped me learn how to do everything. And I just loved learning. I loved learning how to lift learning how to do hand cleans and all these different Olympic lifts. And, and I really bought into the process like that, that it helps you on the court. And for me, it was never just about basketball. Like I always knew you needed to to be in shape, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really bought into the strength and conditioning side of, of it all. And that's what changed. That's what made me to be actually one of the fastest people on the team again and just play better by my senior year which isn't very common for a 6'2 center or a 6'3 center. You know, usually the post players were like the slow ones, but there you are running up and down the court, beating everyone and uh, grabbing the rim. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell it how it is, Sue. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. I always joked with my coach, like, I mean, they always, you know, in college to have you fill out these papers, like what are your personal goals for the season and what are you, your team goals and all these things like you all you have to have like this vision or something and I always wrote down like I want to dunk coach like that's my personal goal like I want to know I want to dunk one day and he used to be like Sunay stop writing this like because <laughs> like, like I'm serious like you know I just loved I love that part of the of the sport it's just developing your body and your athletic ability so yeah and but, you eventually were able to dunk with the actual basketball or 
No. Well, he, he taught me how to like shift and like focus on like the basketball side. Um, how to like play better basketball, like offensively, defensively, um, different post moves, things like that became more important as the years went on. Could you dunk with a volleyball? With a tennis ball for sure. I think tennis ball, yes. I haven't actually tried though. Okay. So I'm going to try it one of these days. I'll let you know. (laughs) Uh, And your freshman year, did you know what you wanted to study? No, I didn't. Um, I always knew I liked math. So I wanted to go into something math or science. Um, I didn't want to go into the engineering school because I wasn't really even sure what that was. So I was like, no. (laughs) Um, So I just went in undecided. And I took some philosophy here and there because I I thought I might like that. But I just stuck to the math side of of things. So I, I eventually chose computer science. Okay. I didn't know from the beginning. Computer science, that sounds intense. Um, I mean, my mom was a computer programmer when I was little. So I remember liking, like, whenever I saw her doing her work, I always thought it was interesting. Uh-huh. And I was like, I want to try that one day. So I think that <laughs> kind of sparked something. But also, I just like logic um, and problem solving. So, um, yeah, it was actually a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and then, okay, so you graduate and you think, hey, maybe I can play overseas. Or how did that even come about? Um, I think my junior year, I was, like, I was never really into the career fair stuff that you're supposed to be doing during school. <laughs> um, and I, like, I just, yeah, I hate dressing up and all that stuff, so... I don't know. I just put all my energy and effort into basketball and then, and obviously my grades, but, and then, um, my coach, one of my assistant coaches, my junior year, she used to play overseas and she was like, um, do you know that you could play overseas if you wanted to, like you could play professionally, like they need people like your size and your body type. And I was like, really? <laughs> like I had no, it's another thing where I just like, didn't know. Um, I didn't know about it until someone put it on my radar and then I was like oh really cool and then it kind of gave me a little like confidence boost because you always as a college athlete at least for me I looked up to people who played professionally like obviously you know so I started to just believing in myself more and then when the time came to graduate I still haven't didn't go career fairs that much so I was like, and I'm I'm not a U.S. citizen, right? So I had to leave the country anyway. <laughs> so I said, well, if I have to leave the country anyways, I might as well, you know, do this, continue to do this sport that I'm putting all my energy into, that I'm enjoying, um, and see the world, you know, travel to different places in the world before I sit down and, and work behind the desk my whole life. So that's how, that's how that came about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now you, you're in your third season, right, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. playing overseas. And um, now that you're playing with women who are older than you, who are younger than you, uh, people who are from Europe who did not study in the U.S. but are playing and studying, what what's your opinion a little bit just about um, how they're able to balance both academics and athletics? And, like, they just have no idea what 
would maybe be available in the States, whether one side is better. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't think either or is better, but right. um, because you're from South Africa and you moved to the States and you were able to have this opportunity, like, right. do you look at your teammates that are studying and playing and think, I don't know. Do you have like, I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well. I think it's actually harder to do it here um, because here you're, you're kind of on your own. Like you're, you're probably one out of, you might be the only one on the team or one out of two or three people that are studying um, all the time. You have to go to school. You have to go sit in class still, you know, and we have practice scattered throughout the day um, that you have to accommodate for and like show up and you're the only one going home after a 9 p.m. practice, 9 to 11 p.m. practice, and still having to do homework and all this stuff. And all your teammates are kind of just, especially like the professional, the other rest of your team are just there, you know, taking naps during the day. And, <laughs> you know, on your off weekend, you're traveling around, going to see places. Or I think it's harder to do it here because you don't have that much of like a support system, people that know what you're going through. Um in, in the States, at least your whole team is doing that, you know? Right. So we always had each other to help, to help us and our coach understood always, you know? So I think, yeah. And I think that some, I think a lot of the players have the ability to go and play over there in um, college too, but I just don't think that they know kind of like how I didn't know and maybe don't have the right exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they don't want to, but if they did, then I don't know. They should. They should I would definitely recommend it because it's just a different experience. Like I think NCAA experience is one of one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. No, I would completely agree with you. Um, so now that you're you're still playing, you're out of college, you have your college degree, but I'm assuming in the back of your mind, sometimes you do think about, you know, life afterwards or can maybe continuing your studies at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think of studying anything online or, I mean, it, it, like you said, yeah. it's really hard to study when you have practices throughout the day um, mm-hmm. and it's not connected. You know, your teachers don't right. care if you have a game or if you're traveling or whatnot. It's right. not like school in the U S. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I, I do think about studying again. Um, for me, it's still also just a matter of think, figuring out what I want to do after basketball Mm-hmm. It's like even in college, I didn't really have a great idea of what I wanted to officially, you know, do. And mm-hmm. I don't think I think it's allowed to change as you as you get older, anyway. So it's not that important. But um, I just want to feel how I feel in the moment. So for me, um, a lot of my family or friends who feel like family are in the U.S. as well. And for me to be able to go back there and live there again is something I want to do. And I think for me, a way to do that is to go back there and study. So I think that's a a good option for me is to try to go back to the States and study. And if, if it's possible for me to be a uh, women's basketball GA while I do that, I think that would be Hmm. really good opportunity and fun for me to do good transition into the real world. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I never thought about that, but that would be a great, a great way for you to, maneuver or you know mm-hmm. yeah, handle that situation yeah um but you still have quite a few years left I think if you mm-hmm. want to play yeah. So. <laughs> yeah um I'm good right now yeah 
we're going on what almost 45 minutes so i want to let you go so you can get ready for your next practice but thank you so much for your time and for sharing so much about you know your your personal life and uh what what it's like playing basketball overseas i know it's quite different from your college experience but um you're adjusting you're learning yeah no definitely yeah it's great and i get to meet people like you (laughs) (laughs) ole (laughs) and your spanish has improved too i mean yeah you're a veteran now (laughs) all right well you have a wonderful rest of your day sue and uh thanks again chica i absolutely love sune's story it's true she was blessed with a great basketball body but she didn't start playing organized basketball until she was 15 years old. However, one of Sune's strongest attributes is that she is open-minded and extremely coachable. During high school and college, she was willing to listen, watch, ask questions, and do everything her coaches asked of her. She didn't doubt, complain, or cut corners. Instead, she trusted her coaches and did everything she could to improve. And after just three years of high school basketball, she's being recruited and going to college for free at a top academic institution. Sue worked hard and kept a positive attitude. She graduated with a degree in computer science and is now a professional basketball player in Europe. All this from a girl who spent the first 11 years of her life in a country and in a culture where basketball didn't even exist. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Sue for giving your time, and for Skyping in from Ferrol, Spain. And that's another week from another season in the books. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Leslie Knight, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, hasta luego!